Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let's continue the theme from last week from the book of Exodus. Not only did Moses receive, but we tend to think that what he received was the tablets, but he received more than the Ten Commandments. He received an outline of what divine worship in Israel was supposed to be. A pattern, a uh, sketch, as it were. This is where, this is how we will build it. This is how we will build it. Uh, These are the things that you will have in the tabernacle, because the temple will later be built uh, in the promised land. You also have in the book of Exodus that it says who is going to basically be the master craftsman. That you have, I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head, it starts with a B. Balalio? Basalam? Basalam. There we go. Basalam. Do what? My great grandfather's name. Your great grandfather's name. Well, then you would be more inclined to remember it. Yes. (laughs) He is a master craftsman. It talks about that he has experience not only in carving, but he has experience in gold and brass and woven material, etc. The worship of God has always been something that is more than I think what most of us tend in the 21st century North America tend to think about worship. It is full of things. If you just go through and review all of the things that are in the tabernacle and then what's in the temple, God did not just willy-nilly, this wasn't just kind of thrown together at the last minute. Uh, In the New Testament, we'll talk about that this is a pattern of heavenly worship. That what we have given to Moses for worship is something that reflects heaven. We, of course, continue and pattern our own worship off of the tabernacle and temple, the basic layout. There is a kind of outer court, an inner sanctuary, and then a holy of holies or a uh, place that is only uh, reserved for specific people, movements, etc., just like in the pattern that was revealed to Moses. Moses needed a whole lot of people around him to help. From the very beginning of Exodus, when God tells him, you know, I have a plan for you, this is what you need to do, he's already starting to say, I don't know about this. I don't speak so well, are you sure? And he says, okay, well, you're going to get Aaron. As this continues, as Moses grows uh, in confidence, because he keeps asking God, show me, show me how, what's your name, right? I'll look like a burning bush, and then, okay, how are you going to be with me? He's like, okay, turn your rod into a snake, or a a dragon, as the Septuagint has it. Uh, Then you are going to go on, and you're going to go speak in front of Pharaoh, and you're going to, and he continues. Once he gets up on the mount, he still is in the same, I mean, He's been, it's been confirmed. I think Moses needs a lot of affirmation. Yes, yes, 
You are mine. You are God. I put you here. And then he does it again. We are all in need of help. We're all in the church in this together. It's not one, it's not two, it's not three. It's everyone. And everyone has a role to play. And an incredibly important role to play. You think about Moses and Aaron, but you don't even think, I can't say, I didn't even remember the name. Of, uh, now I'm forgetting it again. <laughs> it's all of them. What Lynn said. <laughs> it's B E Z. I'll look it up in a minute. See, I can't remember the name. This undermines my point about the importance. But, <laughs> he is, you don't get the tabernacle. You don't get uh, the golden uh, you know, the censer. You don't get the Ark of the Covenant. You do not get the altar, you do not get, etc., etc. Even the beams, right? There's specific beams, and they're supposed to be certain length. There, this morning, Father Sergei Vagalev reposed in the Lord. He was a mar- mitred archpriest of the OCA, and he was one of these helpers. Yes, he served in the priesthood, but I think, if I'm not, could you look at Oglats and White, who did Oglats and White this evening, who wrote it, by the melody? It's L.B. I could be completely wrong. In oh, D-B-O-R-B-E. It's kind of white, though. It's not all there. It's not all there. There is one of the versions, it wasn't d- done tonight, of a glass of light that was is was written by Father Sergei. Father Sergei was heavenly, heavily involved because we probably all take this for granted of how much stuff is in English for us and the Orthodox Church. I remember a story from Father Patrick Henry Reardon, who has been a priest. I want to say at least over 20 years or so. But when he was first looking into Orthodoxy, he was an Episcopal priest, and this would have been back, I want to say the late 70s. Old yeah. Okay, so we did sing. Yeah, he did a St. Simeon. He did a St. Simeon. Well, he probably did a, a, an open glass of light. He did, a, he did a glass of light as well. He did a lot of stuff. Yeah, he's <laughs> But, so Father Patrick Henry Reardon, when he's looking around to try and look into Orthodoxy, because he can tell what was going on in the Episcopal Church at the time. There was like three books in English and they were all from St. Vladimir's Press and there were Schmelin, uh, Hopko, and a few others. There, was, there wasn't that much available. If you have ever read uh, Timothy Ware, Metropolitan Police of Swear's book, The Orthodox Church, uh, that was one of the books that you could read about orthodoxy and we're talking about what, mid-80s, late-80s, I was alive. So there, there wasn't, what we have now, the fact that we have all of what we have in the services in English, that you uh, heard the Octoicos translated into English, the Menaean, which there's a lot of Traparius is translated into English, 
besides then the books to explain, to translate, etc., that we have in English, we live for us right now in there's almost you can't read it all. You used to be able to read the whole thing. I think Father Stephen remember him joking like he his library of Orthodox books was not a book, uh, you know, book it was on a shelf. <laughs> that is how much you had in English to get access to. Father Sergei was one of the pioneers for church music, new church music, done for us here with English in mind instead of Slavonic or Greek. And we sing some of it. Because sometimes it comes and goes, right? The composer maybe puts something together and it's okay, and then it's maybe a fad, and then it goes away. I don't think that his work is faddish. Especially if you know church music, there's a lot of fads in church music that come and go and come and go. But we need to think about, to pray about, to consider all of the different avenues in which all of us are called to serve. From being knowledgeable about social media stuff, to being able to post, to be able to, not just post, that doesn't require that much skill. What I mean is to understand the atmosphere, the etc. To be able to do and serve in so many ways for God's church. From what you may think to be the most humble and simple thing, to the more heady things, to the things that beautify God's house, whether through song, whether through the appointments or the painting of the church, all of these things God actually revealed to Moses that we should be doing them and saying, you should choose this guy. <laughs> Because this is the guy that you want to head this up and make sure that you do it not only according to pattern, but do it in a way that is pleasing that God, who his presence between the two angels on the Ark of the Covenant, would reveal himself to his people out of their gifts, out of the gold that they got from the Egyptians and their, their escape from Egypt. God transformed all of those things so that he could transform them. May God do that with whatever little gifts, whatever things that we have to give, whether here physically in this temple or out in the world, whatever God has given us, may we do it to his glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.